0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Ask Brian
1: radio Show on KHS 1220 and 98.1 FM. Well, every week, we've been doing this now for over six years. I think our first show was in January 2017. And each week we have a show where we try to either bring out something about a business, interview a founder, interview somebody that can help us about business. And every week, everybody asks, why is the show called Ask Brian? My name is Peter. And why is Brian spelled with an E? Because I'm not Irish. My name is not O'Brien. I'm not Peter O'Brien. I'm Peter something else. And I don't know people want to know what that is. So we do have a reason why we use E and ask Brian. And so our engineer, which is right. me, Mr. Andrew. Doing, how are you doing, great, doing
2: great. Doing great.
1: Doing great. I like everything about him, except he's got an L.A. Dodger hat, and I'm a Met fan. So that, oh, that's going to be a little rough. It is always rough. It's going <laughs> to be a little rough. But we
2: got it. But the E's, as you mentioned, me, let me give you the first one. Ease for education, because you got to get educated on your sports teams, but also business as well. whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I guess we could educate you
1: about business and explain to you why, when you have $16 billion like Mr. Cohen, you can sign up whoever you want. But, yes, we do try to educate business owners. And that's why one of the reasons why an E is an Ask Brian, not because we are part of the O'Brien pub down the street, and we're not the O'Briens, and we don't have that. However, there are many, many reasons why we have the E.
2: Another one, E is for experts. And because you're talking about business, we interview guests, experts in their field.
1: Well, what does that mean, an expert? You know, I'm, I'm not a real smart guy. I just fell off the boat last week and I don't know much about what I'm going on here but I'm trying to figure out why why why
2: to be an expert they say there's a lot of definitions but the definition that you know many people use is you need 10,000 hours at whatever field you're in whatever field is that, that is like
1: end- 10,000 hours consecutive
2: no, over the course, I mean, if you can do it, fantastic, you can be an expert that much quickly.
1: Well, I guess 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I got like, well, right? 180, i eighty I'd probably be done in two years.
2: But let's break this down real quick, I mean, there's 52 weeks in a year, with two for vacation, so that's 50, roughly 50.
1: My boss won't let me
2: take a vacation, <laughs> but okay. You know, well, man, you already got to jump, you got two weeks more than we do, but 40 hours a week, you know, on average, so 40 times 50, 2,000, well, and then, good at math. you know, real quick, off the, off the top, gotta be right here. You know, I'm starting, and then you know, forty times fifty is two thousand. And in five years, you take that around roughly five years, two thousand hours. Boom! That's ten thousand.
1: Let me ask ask a question right there. And you're an expert in five years. How long have you been an engineer?
2: Ooh, I think I'm a double expert right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Double something? I don't know what that means.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, for quite a while. Double something? Oh yeah. But yeah, so that gives you your ten thousand hours. Okay. But So that's an expert. That covers experts, but that's not the only E. you there's have another other e's? e's? There's a whole plethora of E's. Let me give you one more. E is for experience, because experience counts.
1: That's what I heard. Well, experience does count, because I guess if you go through enough issues in life, you'll be experienced enough to be able to handle that problem when it arises. So experience definitely does count. But that doesn't mean that you can't be experienced and be 20 years old.
2: Right. There's some experience, but then, you know, it just builds that up. That yeah, we're we talking life experiences? What kind of experiences? All experiences. <laughs> you know, you bring everything to the table to what? make you that expert that you are. Wow. Interesting. And what's another E that we have? I think you know.
1: Excitement! <laughs> Woo!
2: <laughs>
1: I'm so excited.
2: <laughs> yeah, or, or what's another word for excitement? Enthusiasm. There it is.
1: Very bland enthusiasm. That's what I mean. <laughs>
2: You're excited, definitely, but there's also another big E that you have to have in business. Well, the experts that put in those ten thousand hours say you have to have, and that's empathy.
1: Empathy. Well, you know what? I can fit into the shoes of both my guest and my co-host. So, since my foot is small enough to fit in both of their shoes, I definitely have empathy. Right, and that's going to help you understand your audience. You know, the customers. And I hope what they want know what empathy is. Some people don't. There are a couple <laughs> right. of narcissists out there. I hate to tell you.
2: Yeah, a couple of narcissists out there, but you know what? They're going to fall by the wayside. If you're truly empathetic, you'll go far in business. Again, that's what I've heard or heard on this show. Oh, oh, oh.
1: because you were (laughs) educated about that, huh?
2: And if you take all of that, one big E is for entrepreneur. And that's who we talk to as well as experts on this show. Well,
1: yes, entrepreneurs are a big part of it. And actually, one of the things we talked, you didn't discuss, and it's not on, on your notes. And unfortunately, he does have notes today. The reality is that if you're an entrepreneur, you probably don't need five years experience. Why? Because an entrepreneur is typically working eighty to hundred hours a week, so you can get it's your getting
2: that much quicker. You can become that, an
1: expert in probably two years if you're an entrepreneur, because most entrepreneurs are working at least at least ten to twelve hours a day.
2: That's why uh, I'm a double expert in this, not an entrepreneur. There,
1: you know, a double so. A.
2: There, there you go. You're a double E. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice to know. Nice to know our engineer is a double E.
2: <laughs> and that kind of covers the E because you already mentioned at the top
1: one um, of the best hold on, E's. Hold on. But but our co-host that's unavailable today, she has one. Maybe oh, not yes. on your list. Okay. And uh, can you do it? I'll set you up and then see if you can do it. Okay. What's,
2: what's the other E that... Your no, co-host want, is well want, famous for. All right, for. then I'm
1: going to do it. I'm going to make you say. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Grease lightning is electrifying. I try to give it that little twang, but I, I don't know if I did it right.
1: Well, that's that's good. Um, <laughs> that that that's really important. I think that we may have one or two more e's, but we do have to go on the show because basically my co-host is going. Are you ever going to you know have a conversation here? And the and the guest is going. What did I get myself into? So without any further. Adieu. And why do I like that word?
2: Because it has one consonant, and the rest are
1: vowels. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're like, no, the show in the world! All right, ask Brian. All right, so we have our guest, uh, if he's still there. Harrison, you there? I'm here. All right. I didn't want to make sure you didn't, like, say, "Uh uh-oh, I made a mistake. I don't know why I said yes, but okay. So you're still there. (laughs) And uh, everyone, we have a co-host that has actually been on the show once or twice himself.
3: Is he there, Bill? I am. All right. I am. Can I add a couple of E's to that mix? Certainly. Go ahead. When I think about the host, uh, the words that come to mind are egregious ego. Does that, <laughs> does that work? I don't know what those mean. You'll have to educate us. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good no, one. it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me as a co-host. that's It's a nice break in the day from my other duty.
1: I know you'd rather spend 100 hours dealing with other issues, I'm sure, but every once in a while it's okay to take a break and be on a radio show. So Harrison, people don't know who you are, so let's go a little bit about your background. Currently, we know where you're working, but give a brief summary of where you've worked and your brief history.
4: Sure. Absolutely. Well, first off, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Really appreciate it. Big fan. So I'm a I guess, four times expert based on the math that was explained earlier. I've been, uh, you know, an engineer since uh, I was 12 years old. Wow. I'm going on 38 next week, actually. But, uh, you know, I've been doing this for quite some time. I started, uh, you know, coding uh, websites. Or, you know, I, one thing you notice know about me, if you ever meet me in person, I'm six foot 10, So I played a lot of basketball growing up. And, you know, when I wasn't on the court, I was always on the computer making websites, doing things like that. Started working in marketing and sales, worked for uh, you know a Fortune 100 company called BuzzTime. I worked for uh, JWT, um, which is you know, one of the largest agencies in the world, uh, as a software developer there. Um, I worked as senior front-end developer for a couple of other agencies. Um, I worked as the head, or rather, director of engineering for a company called SmashTech, which is... I guess four years in a row now, one of top companies to work here in San Diego, where I live currently. I just got done working for a company called Manscaped, which is, you know, a billion-dollar company. And I uh, was teaching web development at UCSD, California, San Diego. Also the Learn Academy, I was a lead instructor there. And now I am director of e-commerce for Targets.
1: That's a lot of stuff to go over. I'm not, we're not going to go over each one of those companies. So the first question is, you have this coding background. What are you doing currently for Targus?
4: Well, so as Director of e-commerce, I'm essentially responsible for all of the e-commerce websites. Um, so that includes both the development of and also the marketing of our e-commerce platforms.
1: When you say you're responsible on the development side, does that mean that you're actually creating the website and coming up with a plan of how the website should look and feel and features to add onto it, or you're just monitoring it and you know, keeping, making sure that everything's running on time?
4: Well, so I'm leading a team of uh, four in-house employees and then two uh, engineering teams, offshore engineering teams. So I, you know, don't have my hands in the code so much anymore. What I do audit the code from time to time, just making sure that, you know, we're continuously optimizing and, you know, improving our page speed scores and, you know, making sure it's you know, as fast as possible and also, you know, ensuring that we are converting our traffic at, you know, higher and higher rates.
1: So, are you a software engineer?
4: Well, so I have been a software engineer, but as a director of e commerce, I'm not actually, I'm not exactly engineering anymore. I'm doing a lot of uh, conversionary optimization. Um, I'm reviewing the code and telling our software engineers what to do exactly and how to make sure our code base is more stable than, than it was.
1: Now, you also said marketing, so it sounds like with that background, it sounds to me like that's a big issue would be SEO, right? Because you've got the coding Absolutely. background and you've got the marketing background, and so I just think the marriage there would be SEO.
4: Yes, yes. SEO is definitely a big, big piece of it, you know, but uh, you know, there's a lot of different pieces to the marketing puzzle, right? You know, both inbound and outbound marketing, you know, working with affiliates, working with our email marketing platforms, working with... You know, just uh, you know, all of our promotions and, and making sure that, you know, our prices, uh, you know, are, are continuously being optimized as well to get the, the most bang for the buck.
1: So not everybody knows Targus. I, I only know them because I I think I had a laptop bag like 10 years ago. I don't even know how long they're around, but I did have a laptop bag. What, what, what are the products, main products that Targus sells?
4: Sure. So Targus has been around for over 30 years. Our main products right now are docking stations. So if you have, uh, you know, two monitors at your desk and you have you know, a bunch of different things you have to plug in with the USB, you buy one of our docks and it allows you to, you know, have a you know, a workstation of a beast. Uh, and, you know, we also sell all kinds of things from mice to keyboard, laptop bags, as you mentioned, backpacks, you know, tablet cases. I think one of our top sellers right now, you know, if you want to protect your iPad or anything like that. Uh, we actually have some of the best protection in the industry, um, from our bags to our our tablet cases, our laptop cases. They're some of the most protected uh, accessories you can buy.
1: So basically, accessories. Do you sell technology or just the pieces like the bags and the protection stuff? Or are you actually selling technology in the sense of you know USB or or surge protector or that type of stuff?
4: Yeah, so we do have you know the docking I mentioned, which is technology. Um, we do have you know, styluses, and we do have other technology that you can purchase in addition to you know the the cases and
1: bags. And is that how Target started out, or did they just grow into this concept?
4: We actually grew into it. Um, I believe you know when Target first started, it was laptop bags and backpacks, and then you know quickly uh, you know realized that. The things that you put into the bags is something else we could sell. So we got into the, the hardware and technology space as well. I mean, we made a purchase uh, a couple of years ago of Hyper. And then Hyper also does technology, a lot of your USBs and dongles and power chargers and cables and things like that. We also purchased a company called Senna, Senna Cases, which does a lot of your, your different types of uh, phone cases and tablet cases, a lot of leather products. And, you know, Targets has, uh, has been looking to acquire other companies over time. We actually just got acquired by, um, you know, uh, another company just recently. And you guys can look up what, who that company was. I don't want to get too much into it. I don't know if I'm allowed to reveal that yet. But, you know, we're now part of a publicly traded company.
1: Wow, that's pretty big. And how many people are working over in your company right now, approximately? There's
4: hundreds of us. Um, I want to say close to 500, maybe.
1: And? Are they all based in San Diego where you are, they, or are you just working remote?
4: I'm working remote, but the company's headquartered in uh, Anaheim, but we have you know, offices all over the world. You know, we've got regional offices in you know, MIA, UK, Latin America, uh, Asia Pacific, Australia, all over.
1: So what, what percentage of your sales are over the Internet, and what other methods are you selling your products, or is it exclusively over the Internet?
4: So e-commerce is actually relatively new. You know, we've been primarily in retail stores, so if you ever go to Best Buy or Target even, you go to the airport and, you know, you'll find a lot of Target's products. We also sell B2B, so, you know, we work with Dell and Lenovo, and we just decided of do deal with Samsung. Actually, we're one of Samsung... Well, we are Samsung's preferred accessory partner now. I would say, you know, e-commerce is probably, you know, maybe... Less than 10% of our, of our total business?
1: In working on the e commerce side, you have to deal with obviously you're, you're dealing with the coding and the SEO part. I imagine you're using PPC campaigns and all these other things, affiliate marketing. I don't know what other programs you have. I can ask the question since I don't know. Do you have any type of reseller programs or is it just, or do you maybe just sell to wholesalers or, or is it just exclusively through the affiliate market channel?
4: There are resellers out there, um, distributors as well. You know We do sell through our affiliate programs. We do do PPC campaigns as well, primarily Google and Bing right now. You know, social media is something else we're focused on. social commerce is something we're, we're focused on moving forward in 2023 and 2024. We're just like any other you know, major company out there that, uh, that's selling online. I've been primarily focused on B2B, but now we're really getting into the B2C space.
1: Wow, that's interesting. Bill, did you have a question?
3: Yeah, I did, Harrison. And so, you know, I'm the CEO of a food company, and I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So naturally, my question is going to be about your Princeton career. So (laughs) I'm a wannabe, oh, well, in the old days, decent basketball player. I I wasn't, but I thought I was. Question, on the during your Princeton days, were those the Princeton offense days where you guys were primarily de- uh, defense-driven? That's absolutely correct, yes. You know, when I got recruited, I
4: was I was the top, you know, 10 basketball player and, uh, coming out of high school. You know, I got recruited by all the major colleges, Duke, Arizona, Kansas, but John Thompson, uh, I guess the third, you know, he was the head coach of Princeton at the time and he recruited me and. You know, when I got to school there, you know, we were running the Princeton offense, you know, and it was definitely different than what I was used to in high school, where in high school I went to Modern Day in uh, Santa Ana, which was, you know, one of the top five schools in the country for sports in general. But, uh you know, we were running and gunning in high school and then, you know, come to Princeton, I think we had like a 44-point game once. You know, it was just, <laughs> it
3: was definitely different slowing the ball down that much and just, you know, running that backdoor offense. Well, it was it was interesting to watch, you know, because you had all those high-power offenses in college, and I, I really thought it was kind of cool to, you know, not just watch the, you know, uh, offense and, and people on defense, just, you know, the matador defense, if you will. So it was kind of, I found it real interesting. I mean, sometimes it was a little bit hard to watch, but, you know, you being 6'10", I mean, you had to be an anchor of the defense, I'm sure, and that must have been a, a real interesting time so you, in, what, in high school, you probably averaged, uh, what, in the teens or 20s, right? And certainly different
4: That's in college. Right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was different. You know, Princeton offense, you had to be the great equalizer. You got a bunch of nerds on the court. And you got to compete with the Duke basketball guys, you know, somehow. So, you know, running up Princeton an offense and, you know, slowing, slowing the ball down and controlling the clock, it was definitely important and integral to, you know, the overall goal
3: how cool. I you know, it was like I said, it was really fun to watch and I'm sure I've seen you play many, many times and did you guys ever make it to the tournament?
4: We did, yeah, my freshman year we, we made it to uh the tournament played against Texas in the first round and uh we ended up losing that game but you know we did win
3: our Ivy League and uh we did get oh. there and you know it was you know surreal, I'll tell you that. Oh, I, I can't. Im- well, obviously, I can't imagine. I mean, what a, an experience that, that must have been. On your career side, so you've been an engineer. Obviously, SEO is a big part of, of what you're doing now. I, I, just a, a question for other entrepreneurs. As far as these new products that come in, does Targets, uh or your other companies, did, have they created their own? Do they bring in other folks or, or you know other products? Or how does, how does that typically work?
4: We do have a product development team, um, and each one of our, you know, our, our other subsidiaries do have their own product teams as well. So we're continuously coming out and innovating new products
1: all the time. The viewers want to know, how does playing in that super, super defensive team of Princeton help you out in business?
4: <laughs> well, you know, first off, working with a team is, is really important, right? You know, knowing who's on your team. Who you can rely on, and also you're just being able to, you know, go out and you know face the competition every day, right? Understand, uh, you know, playing basketball, we watch tapes all the time. So same thing with business, right? We have to go out and understand what our competition is doing, who they are, you know, and how we can, uh, you know, take a piece of that market share away from them, and you know, do that with a with a team that you can rely on, and you know, people that you can you know trust going to battle every day. So. I think playing basketball definitely prepared me for, for business and, uh, you know, especially learning how to, how to work with the team, trust my team, and uh, also face the competition.
1: So in light of that, what was the biggest challenge you had when you started out in business?
4: One of the biggest challenges was getting experience, right? Everyone wants you to have experience, but you, don't, you can't get experience if you don't have experience. I think that was one of the biggest challenges starting off in business especially making the transition from being on the court and being so physical all the time to, you know, being uh, in a cubicle. I think that was another challenge. You know, one of my first jobs was as a, as a junior associate on the product team. Um, and then, you know, really figuring out what I, what I wanted to do rather than, you know, what was available for me to do. So there was, there was a lot of, you know, just kind of learning curve, it was a big learning curve kind of just getting going in the industry. But, Thankfully, you know, my father, you know, he ran his own business and, uh, he was the businessman. He was able to give me a lot of different pointers, uh, as a young man. And, uh, you know, I was able to quickly find my way and, you know, really follow my passion. I think that was one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me was, you know, doing what I love. Uh, I know it's like cliche now, right? You, you do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life. So I've always been, uh, you know, really passionate about technology and engineering and, you know, also, you know, just working with people and, and helping build businesses. So and that's what I've done, you know, and that's why I feel like I'm a 38-year-old man now, but I haven't worked a day in my life.
1: Well, that, that's always good. What do you think is, if you're a business owner and you have a store, you know, we're up in Newhall, California, and you have a business, you have a store, and you just started your website recently, you took a while to get there, what's the best thing you can do for SEO, that search engine optimization? What can you do? yourself,
4: I mean, without spending 000, 000 on a million dollars on an SEO company? Well, before you worry about SEO, right, because SEO is going to bring people to your website, you want to make sure your website is optimized, right? You want to make sure it's fast. I think, uh, you know, one piece of kind of like a quote that I heard long during my career is that speed wins. So you know, making sure your, your website is optimized, you can always go do a lighthouse audit through Google or go to do a page speed audit through Google or if you have Shopify, Shopify also does page speed scores for you. You know, make sure your site is fast, right? And then once you your site is optimized and fast and it looks the way you want it to look, then worry about getting people to your site and, you know, making sure your products have, you know, uh, good naming conventions, your images are optimized and they're clean and they're retina ready. Making sure that you have very limited or fewer clicks to purchase, right? You don't want people to have to go on a mission just to try to purchase something, you know? And, and from an SEO standpoint, again, making sure you identify what your keywords are, right? You, know, you can always analyze what your competition is doing and then start from there. That uh, way you don't just start from scratch. Uh, there's lots of tools, um, you know, spy tools that you can use to figure out what your competition is targeting in terms of keywords. And then it's not just keywords, but it's also key phrases too. So there's, there's lots of different ways you can create or build your list of, of keywords and key phrases that you want to target and be able to get ranked for on uh, the different search engines.
1: What if you don't have your own website? What if you're using Wix or Weebly or Square or uh, any platform out there? Are there ways to SEO yourself?
4: Absolutely. You know, I always advise people to start with one of those first before you jump in and spend a bunch of money building your own, you know, custom website, right? I think, you know, even starting with something like, you know, WordPress, right, using WooCommerce, I think is probably one of the cheapest options. And then once you graduate from WordPress, you go to Shopify, and then from Shopify, you then build out your own headless system. But, you know, CMS systems, content management systems like WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, Weebly—they all have add-ons or plugins that you can purchase or get for free, and a lot of those uh, do focus on FTO. So usually, one-click installs of some of these apps, and you can then install it on your different, you know, whatever provider it is, uh, and it'll help you identify where your keywords are, and then help really organize your content so that search engines can find you better.
1: If you have one of these platforms and you use one of them that we just went over, and then you decide to go custom or switch the platform, are you going to keep your SEO? or does, In other words, does it go with the domain or with the platform?
4: Typically, it goes with the platform, but you can keep your strategy intact for whichever platform you're using. You know, different plugins or different add-ons might be different from tool to tool or system to system, but overall, you can keep your same strategy. You just might have to re-enter some things in order to keep it going.
1: So, would you lose anything if you switch the platform from a Wix to a WordPress, no. or from WordPress to or Weebly, or no? You're
4: not going to lose anything because again, your search engines are are looking at what your current domain is functioning under. So, if you have you know, your website under Wix and then you want to move to Shopify. Typically, you'll have a Shopify website in development before you launch it publicly. So once you launch it publicly, it should have all the SEO intact. So when the domains get pointed or repointed to the new system, all the SEO will still be exactly where it should be.
1: Bill is like going, when can I ask my question? So I got to let him in. So go ahead, Bill.
3: Well, (laughs) yeah, well, the host. we already talked about ego earlier, so we'll get into that next time. You mean like but- your basketball <laughs>
1: ego? I forgot yes,
3: yeah, sir <laughs> well, my, yeah, I got my ego in check about 30 years ago, but at any rate, Harrison, the uh, you mentioned doing things you love and you' were you know taught that by your dad, which is amazing. but I think you know one of the things when you play basketball, I'm sure, you know, no matter how good you are, there's always somebody that you know, can shoot just as well or better, jump higher and quicker and all those wonderful things but you learn to overcome it you learn to find ways through that and become better and challenge yourself and i'm sure in your career with all your different endeavors which are quite a few that you've also done that same thing and so a question I, I have is from what i understand there are some physical challenges that you're facing and i think for the, the folks that are listening i think it's a you know, it, it, I think they'd be quite interested to hear how you know you're dealing with things like that, how you're overcoming, and you know, and what the future looks like, and how you're maintaining your terrific attitude today. All ten questions
1: in oh, ten, ten seconds. Ten. Go ahead. <laughs> uh,
3: well, you know,
4: so you know, back in two thousand eight, I was diagnosed with type one uh, late onset child diabetes, um, and so I've been dealing with that for the past you know however many years now. And because of that, you know, uh, last year, end of 2021, I was diagnosed with stage four renal failure. And so I actually, uh, you know, have been on dialysis for the past year and a half now. So, you know, just a couple different things that are, you know, pretty big deals, but, uh, you know, whenever a, a door closes, a window opens, so to speak, right? So, you know, I am on dialysis now, but I do get, you know, four hours to myself every other day, right? So, you know, I I sit there in the chair and I, you know, do the dial thing, but I have my computer with me. So I'm always working on something while I'm on there. You know, don't get any phone calls. I don't have to be in any meetings. I just get, you know, four hours of time just to work on, you know, different projects. So, uh, you know, at first, you know, when I first was diagnosed, obviously it was a huge setback, but, you know, made the most out of it. You know, I'm a firm believer that you know uh, that God will never give us more than we can handle, and you know, there's always uh, a reason for everything. And so, you know, I, you know, whether it's God or energy or whatever you believe in, you know, I, I still believe that there's a purpose for it all. So, you know, keeping us a, a, a good attitude about things allows a person like myself to be able to take advantage of every opportunity, right? And everything is, is an opportunity, I believe whether it's, uh, you know, a bridge or it's something direct. You know, there's always something that you know, I can you know, take advantage of in order to get myself to where I want to be. And I think that, you know, that thing goes for with basketball, right? You know, I played against guys like LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul. and Like you said, a lot of those guys can dribble the ball faster, shoot the ball better, you know, jump higher. But, you know, at every stage, you know, every person I'm playing against, it gets me more prepared for the next person I'm playing against. And so, you know, uh, when I was playing against LeBron James, for instance, I had just uh, sprained. I just had my ACL sprained. So I was playing with a knee brace the whole time, right? And I couldn't jump that high, I couldn't shoot that well, but I could box out and I can get some rebounds, you know, and I just did whatever I could to, you know, help the team out. And I think the same thing goes for, you know, my career now. You know, I might not be in the most healthiest condition, but, you know, I've got time and I've got my brain, and uh, if I can use my time to use my brain, then, you know, I will. So, you know, that's that's how I was raised by my parents. You know, they always taught me to take advantage of of, of every opportunity and and leave it all on the floor, so to speak.
3: Which I think is, is such an important thought for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people in business, a lot of people in life that, you know the attitude that you have to things that are happening, whether they're physical or emotional or, or other things. I know it sounds easy, but it's not easy. And it sounds like you've mastered the, you know, to make the, the best out of the situation and find different ways to succeed. And, and I'll tell you, you know, me being an or myself, I think that, you know, overcoming obstacles is probably one of the best things that have happened to me. And I'm not saying getting a, a sickness is, is great. Obviously it's not. But boy, what a what a story to deal with that and to overcome that. To so a lot of people, you know, have four hours, you know, in it somewhere, and, and that would be a very debilitating thing. Yet you're taking advantage of it, and I just think that that's uh, really amazing and something that should teach a lot of people that no matter what it is, you can overcome it. You know, you might have to rethink. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, awesome. So we have two more things. One is
1: how can people reach you Harrison?
4: You can go on Targus.com first off to our website T-A-R-G-U-S.com and you can email me at H-Shane that's H-S-C-H-A-E-N at Targus.com so the best way to get a hold of me just send me an email and we can set something up from there.
1: And so they can do anything you know maybe potentially with business with you but that's also would be a good point because I know you mentioned earlier about the fact that you are looking for a kidney so if anyone can can help them out, that would be super too. So how, how can they do that? They, would it go through that email address or is there another way to reach you?
4: Yeah, you can send me an email there or you can actually go to lomalindalivingdonor.org and uh, fill out the form there. That's uh, the hustle I'm going through is Loma Linda University there. So it's L-O-M-A-L-I-N-D-A org.
1: Okay, that'd be super. And, and so somebody would just sign up there and see whether or not they're a fit. Is that how it works? That's right. Okay. That's, that's great. So every week, as we told you, we have the Ask Brian radio show, and this is a live version, obviously on Facebook Live and YouTube, etc. However, we also have a podcast version, and guess what? It doesn't have the commercials. Uh-oh. So it doesn't have the commercials, so you can get through it really quick, and it's on all the major sponsors. We have Apple, Spotify, you name it, it's there. You can get a podcast version, it's a little bit shorter, maybe five to six minutes because they don't have any commercials, but it's it's a good way to learn. Or if you've missed this episode or if you want to watch another episode on a different subject, you know we have every subject you can think of, from social media to forming a corporation to registering a trademark. There's many, many different ways that, that uh, Ask Brian can help you. It's kind of like a library or a university of knowledge. And so we have that there available. And so some of the information people want to know is, how much money do you need to have a PPC campaign, I know you can start with 10 bucks. Okay. But, you know, obviously you want to, you know, you've got people out there spending millions of dollars and you're, uh, you know, maybe just to have a little local business, how can you compete and and what kind of monies do you have to spend on a PPC campaign?
4: I mean, I would say take 30% of whatever your revenue is and invest that in marketing. You know, what works for you, you're going to have to test, right? Uh, You know, you can be really good at Email, you can be really good at PPC, um, on Google, Bing, on Facebook, Instagram, right? You're really just going to have to put some money into the machine and optimize your machine, right? So, you know, and keep optimizing until you really know what you're going to get a return, right? I know for a fact, you know, when I was running my my business, if I put a dollar into the machine, I was going to get $4 back. It didn't matter how much money I put in, it was always going to be a 4X uh, return, I'll um, give you ten thousand
1: dollars, and you'll give me back game. forty. Okay, thanks. I will. Right, well, I'll optimize <laughs> it for you. <laughs> so, if you're starting a business, you know what's a minimum budget you think you need? I know you said thirty percent, but you know, obviously, if you're starting a brand new business, you don't have revenue yet. What's a minimum? A thousand dollars a month, or something, or what?
4: I mean, listen. I, I took a campaign. I spent five dollars on Instagram ads, and you know, we were able to sell a hundred tickets to a show. Right? You know, the guy had a very limited budget. You, you can always find ways to market. And a lot of times you don't even need to have money to, to market things. You can create viral videos. You can get on TikTok. So you can start a blog. There's lots of different ways you can start marketing. It's all about connecting with your audience, being authentic, and really telling your story and what, what sets you apart, what's your competitive advantage. One thing I started you know, was called the Mars Model. And the Mars Model essentially talks about being mindful, how to adapt your message, right? How to reiterate your message and how to summarize your message. Um, and it really took that whole idea of features, advantages, and benefits and flipped it on its head. So start with the benefits and then talk about the advantages and then talk about the features, but always ask them if they're interested. And you can do that with a direct you know, D2C campaign. You can do it with, with ads. You can have the landing pages you know, really you can be very cost efficient with your marketing dollars. So I would say if you have 20 bucks, 50 bucks, you know, 500 bucks, there's something you can do to, to really grow your, your marketing budget.
1: Wow, that was awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bill, for co-hosting. Listen to the Aspire Radio Show on KHS
0: 1220, 98.1 FM. Over and out. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Brian radio show. You can listen to us every Thursday on KTHS AM 1220 and FM 98.1 or via Facebook Live or anytime wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit askbrian.com to join the conversation and ask us your business questions and we'll answer them on our next episode. That's askbrien.com.